0: Hello listeners, Jordan here. I just want to let you know that you can listen to Nighttime early and ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime.
1: You are listening to Keep Canada Weird, a weekly weird news roundup by the Nighttime Podcast.
0: Hello listeners, and welcome back to the weekly Keep Canada Weird discussion series. If you're new here, Keep Canada Weird is the venue in which my pal Aaron Airport and I seek out and explore the more offbeat Canadian news stories from the past week. In tonight's episode, which we recorded on the evening of October 10th, 2023, Aaron and I really cover some ground. We discuss the ban on bare asses in Hockey Canada's dressing rooms. We're gonna travel to a Saskatchewan Costco to investigate an alleged pumpkin pie craze. We're gonna consider the value of ugly vegetables and we'll get caught up in some card craft crap. Let's get into it. Handsome Aaron Airport. No time for small talk, we gotta keep Canada weird, buddy.
2: No, I didn't intend to do any small talk
0: with you, actually. I just checked the time, we got a second for small talk. Let me ask you, how are you doing? God, I'm fine, I'm fine. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Over the weekend, I was supposed to see you, my kids were sick, couldn't see you. Mm -hmm. Did it ruin your weekend?
2: Yeah, it did actually. I have my entire weekend based around the fact that I'd be seeing you. Mm-hmm. So everything that I did, I play strategically to leave enough room uh, to be ready to see you, and then to see you, and then to digest seeing you.
0: Mm. And the whole thing was in vain uh anything new anything you want to tell me about any exciting news in your life um any news coming from your island breaking news ah uh, breaking rumors
2: news. no um i had some really uh nice rolls tonight from the member two oh.
3: market
0: Oh, aren't, and a nice roll is something special mm-hmm. it's cliche to be like you know having dinner and there's rolls in the middle of the of the table it's easy to not really give them much thought but when mm-hmm. you pick one up and it's just right, and you pull it open and
2: you bite into its soft innards, um, mm-hmm. if it's a
0: good if it's a good roll,
2: yeah, that can make a meal. Yeah, I had it with turkey soup tonight. My father made a bunch of turkey soup after Thanksgiving dinner, oh, so yes, uh, so I feasted on some leftover turkey soup with my nice fresh rolls from the market, mm. and then I, I I just finished this meal, so. Mm-hmm. uh it's fresh on my mind
0: to the american listeners no this is not a rerun here in canada we do thanksgiving at a different time of year i don't understand the difference what any of it represents or whatever but american friends always seem confused when i mention it's thanksgiving Mm -hmm. weekend They're like what the we do it now well last weekend and aaron had a wonderful one that just passed
2: yeah yeah well i thought i was going to see you this thanksgiving weekend but Mm-mm. I was disappointed.
0: Um, well, you may be known as handsome Aaron Airport. You could maybe change it to disappointed Aaron Airport after this weekend, but I want to play a voice memo that relates to my lack of a nickname. I'm just Jordan. You're handsome Aaron Airport. It's this big production. But a listener named Sarah, after hearing us discuss the um lewd pictures last week, had an idea for a nickname for me. Listen to this
2: all right let's hear it
1: hey jordan and handsome ear in airport at sierra down in georgia you guys totally had me cracking up over the lewd photo story today i had an idea while i was listening to it that we should keep handsome ear in airport but we need to add wholesome to jordan so it's wholesome jordan and handsome ear in airport have a great day and keep canada weird
0: mm. hmm. I would. i would have to say i'm about as wholesome as you are handsome so i guess it works
2: Yeah, yeah, they're both completely (laughs) inaccurate nicknames.
0: (laughs) I think she's calling me wholesome because I had a hard time with uh, some of the language you were using during that discussion. Mm,
2: Yeah, and I took offense to that because I thought the language that I was using was, again, the word clinical is what I used. Mm -hmm. I was using the clinical terminology, and I kept it very professional. And there's Mm -hmm. nothing wrong with with speaking the, the proper names of genitalia. I think it's uh
0: transparent Aaron airport and maybe sensitive Jordan Bon airport.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, that's what we used to call you is it was bone airport.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So sensitive Jordan bone airport is going to have to do, uh, but mm. I'd love to catch up on more voice memos and we will, but we'll get to, we'll get to them throughout this episode because we got a lot to get into. We got to keep Canada weird here and the way we're going to do it. It's by seeking out and highlighting the weird, offbeat, non-usual news stories from the past week. The stories are going to relate to why there will no longer be bare butts in hockey locker rooms across Canada. We're going to talk about the Costco pumpkin pie craze. We're going to talk about ugly vegetables and some card craft crap. Where do you want to start with this?
2: Um, let's start with uh, pumpkin pie because, you know, Thanksgiving
0: yeah, I guess we were already talking about your turkey dinner or your leftovers.
2: Yeah, there's somewhat of a transition there.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I just want to start by saying though, is I don't see pumpkins as food in any way. I don't like pumpkin spice in anything. I don't like pumpkin pie. I I don't know what it is with like you know the the food industry just trying to shove pumpkins down our mouths in October. I guess it's just because the the supply is abundant so they're like, let's find a way to use pumpkins for everything. Do you have any interest in pumpkin pie or pumpkin anything?
2: I really enjoy pumpkin pie. Um, I'm not really big on the pumpkin flavored like lattes and and different coffee drinks that uh, people go crazy over this time of year. But a good slice of pumpkin pie, I can definitely get behind and Mm -hmm. eat it.
0: You don't have to get behind it to get, you can definitely get in front of
2: i, I want to go crust first buddy
0: uh <laughs> i see pumpkins as um great decorations and good food oh, for, pig, for good food for pigs did you ever see a bunch of pigs eat pumpkins
2: i've never sat down and watched pigs eat pumpkins no okay.
0: i was at a farm like this kind of petting zoo place uh, around this time last year and there was a big pen of like i don't know like. 20 pigs and they just came with this. It was a motorcycle pulling like a four wheel motorcycle pulling a little trailer thing with just a bunch of pumpkins. And the guy was throwing them all in with the pigs and they went crazy. They were just tearing them apart, covered in pumpkin guts. Um, yeah, it was pretty awesome, but we're not talking about that pumpkin pie craze, here's the story of what's going on uh, mainly surrounding a Costco um it's 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 a sort of localized pumpkin pie craze that's hitting a that's hitting saskatchewan's costco sites with crazed people gathering both inside the store and in face groups hoping to get their hands on what's being referred to as orange gold here's the story
3: auburn leaves chilly temperatures and with thanksgiving right around the corner it's undeniably autumn in saskatoon few things pair with the fall season quite like pumpkin pie although at costco the seasonal dish may be too popular for its own good so i talked to the fellow that was putting them on the shelf and he said as fast as i can make them they're gone hit the sco is a facebook group centered around the costco in regina and is also ground zero of the pie craze user mike engbers saying on the page i once tried to buy one but i couldn't get one for two weeks I survived somehow, some way. It was a Thanksgiving miracle. Lots of
4: uh, posts about pies. Uh, people wondering if pies are in. Uh, people wondering, what's the big deal about these pies?
0: Everyone seems happy that buy them. I, I just came to the store to pick something else
3: up, and on my way in, there were people walking out with a handful, and I thought, oh, yeah, the pies. McMurchie said that around 16,000 pies are being produced daily at his local Costco he explains why he believes they've taken off. They're very big and they're they're a very reasonable price for the amount that you get. Only one word comes to mind when describing the craze. Bonkers, it's absolutely bonkers. Since the pies are produced in-house and not in a factory, supply is only as large as the bakers are able to make in a given day. A baker reached out to McMurchy to say that they are quote, literally working around the clock to get the pies out and are asking for understanding right now while they try to meet demand. That news clip
0: mentioned The amount of pies being produced and sold a day at this Costco is 16,000. That can't be right.
2: Mm, That sounds, yeah, fabricated. Maybe
0: 1,600.
2: Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Um, Maybe we're ignorant to that. But I didn't know, or I guess I just assumed that the pumpkin pie that you buy in Halifax, Costco is the same pumpkin pie you're going to get in Saskatchewan or wherever else around the country but they they're different
0: well not that they're different but they're made in-house unlike Tim Hortons uh Costco has like an in-house bakery and all that like they make the bagels right there that they sell they make the pumpkin pies right in right in the store you can see the magic happening behind the glass uh divider in some sections
2: well yeah and how magical it is but uh why is this so localized then? Why is this Costco in this local area
3: hmm.
2: having a pumpkin pie craze that's not happening anywhere else at any other Costco?
0: I wonder if it could be the fact that they mentioned um, a Costco group called like, Shopping the Sco or something, I don't. I would never okay. <laughs> abbreviate Costco to SCO. It seems like that group may be at the center of it. Maybe it just became mm. a thing and people caught on that. You know, if you really pay attention to what people are saying in, that, uh, in the news report we just heard, not a lot of people mentioned the pies being delicious. What they mentioned is the no. pies being big, a good deal, uh, a high mm. demand. I saw someone getting them, so I had to get them. It's like mass hysteria.
2: Yeah, no, it it is. Uh, again, I mean, I would assume that, yeah, if, if the pie is worth uh, fighting over, then shouldn't it be that way everywhere? Mm, shouldn't that's, every Costco in all of the land have this issue?
0: I don't know if that's an issue here in Halifax. I have not heard of or seen any Bonkersness surrounding pumpkin pies. Although I will be at Costco this weekend, and I I'm not going to buy one and try it, but I'll look to see if I see people pushing or filling carts. I often I also wondered in watching this clip and reading about this story is could this be maybe a local like a localized um, situation wherein the costco somehow found a way to fabricate the story of this incredible demand for their product maybe they put out some fake news online as a way to be mm. like yeah maybe no one's buying their pumpkin pie so they're like it's crazy people are lined up it's bonkers but when i think about that i'm like no one would ever do something like that
2: Oh, but they would do you I think would never i would never put it past the the evil empire of costco
0: hmm can you think of any other example of a business being like you know there was not much demand or whatever so they fabricated this outlandish story of complete chaos
2: um uh, not off the top of my head no, oh, okay. do, you, no. do you know one
0: no? i have no idea i'm just curious if you ever thought about that no
2: that was really embarrassing of you though to put me on the spot like that yeah no i'm just curious to see
0: if you could pull one out Is it or maybe this is all just a slow news day in Saskatchewan?
2: I think it's much much ado about nothing. It's Mm -hmm. just stupid and (laughs) let the let the hogs have their pies.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, this might be stupid, but I think this next story is also a little stupid. Let's move on to a segment of the show that we're calling No Bare Butts in Hockey Dressing Rooms or Hockey Locker Rooms. Um, But we're gonna try to get to the bottom of why there is not going to be bare butts to be seen any longer in those dressing rooms.
4: Hockey Canada is implementing a new dressing room policy requiring athletes to wear a base layer at all times in the dressing room, and they must use a bathroom stall or empty dressing room to change in or out of their base layer. The policy also encourages athletes to wear minimum attire in the showers, including swimwear. But while the policy took effect on September 12th, local hockey organizations said they've been caught off guard. Associations we contacted declined to comment, but said no direction had been given regarding the policy. Hockey Saskatchewan says it is aware of the policy, but referred CTV to contact Hockey Canada for further comment. In a statement, Hockey Canada says Hockey Canada's dressing room policy, which will be implemented for the 2023-24 season, was designed to enhance the safety of all participants through proper supervision and minimum attire requirements. All participants have the right to utilize the dressing room or appropriate and equivalent dressing environment, based on their gender identity, religious beliefs, body image concerns, and or other reasons related to their individual needs. Hockey Canada adds that it understands parents' concern over athletes staying in their gear following an ice time, but the policy allows athletes to change out of their base layer or shower and change in a private space. The policy also requires that two screen staff must be in dressing rooms, all players must be present for pre- and post-game talks, and it prohibits violence or recording in dressing (sighs) rooms. I'm. Um, I i
0: do not even know where to begin with that.
2: What is it, what is even going on? Now, normally, I would I would poo poo on something like this. Okay. Okay. So I think that's probably what would be expected of me, mm-hmm. uh, being as salty as I as I am. Mm-hmm. Um. But I got to tell you, now I I gave up on organized sports a long time ago. Um. I used to play, you know, uh, baseball, basketball when I was younger, a number of different things. Um, but I got to tell you, the thing that I hated the most about s- sports when I was young, when I was a kid, junior high, you know, elementary, uh, I hated getting changed before and afterwards. Mm-hmm. A- just, around a crowd people. I hated of people. being in a locker room filled with other guys, and it didn't matter who was in the locker room. I, I didn't like being in a locker room, getting changed in front of other people. Uh, I was, I was always like a chubby kid growing up and I hated, hated, hated taking my shirt off in front of other people. Mm. So I would always find the most creative ways that I could, or the stealthiest ways that I could to get changed without getting naked. And that Mm. was usually quite hard to do, especially if you're engaged in conversation with other players while you're changing yeah I would always like try to turn my back in a way or or like, oh, I have to use the bathroom and go and change my shirt in the bathroom like in a private stall and then come out and hope that nobody noticed that my shirt was different coming out <laughs> um if this rule had been implemented in, say my junior high or something like that, like I didn't take gym in high school, so it was i, I that's when I got into theater and music and all those things that that, uh, didn't force me to do that in front of my peers, mm-hmm. but in junior high, I was still taking, uh, sports, you know, uh, gym and, and having to change, uh, in the shower rooms afterwards with, with my peers. And I truly hated it. And if this rule had have come down, then I would have celebrated it silently. And I mm-hmm. would have thanked the Lord that, uh, that I could follow the rules and always stay fully clothed while getting changed in yeah. the dressing rooms.
0: Yeah, that you you've already kind of opened my eyes to like the issue at the heart of the story. And and as you were talking, it kind of brought me back to a lot of those experiences in high school and stuff where even in like gym there'd be like a shower room or whatever that you would go in after like gym class because you're all sweaty and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I remember being uncomfortable there and there was always like a bit of bravado and a bully and an idiot. Um, and I just, I didn't enjoy it. So yeah, maybe this is something that will encourage other people to take up hockey, uh, or, or continue yeah. taking up hockey. So yeah, I, I think, yeah, I guess, I guess I am for this. I just feel like it's the kind of thing where I almost wish it didn't have to be a rule and people just had the courtesy to be like, I'm not just going to strip down completely naked in front of these people. I'm going to keep, mm. you know, my shorts on because there's other people here, or, you know, whatever. I, I I like that, but um, or I, I wish it was like that. But the other thing that kind of surprised me is they made it seem in the article as if. It was this big, complicated thing, and no one really knew how to handle it. It's like you know, the, the, some air rinks are like aware of the new rules, but they're not sure of the procedure or the process. It doesn't seem very difficult. It's just like you just can't be naked in there.
2: Yeah, you can't be naked in there, um, which is such a. It is like again, I'm I'm someone who is who is who is somewhat supporting this this initiative but it's such a weird thing it's so it's almost ironic to say you can't be naked in a change room mm-hmm. like that's a really weird statement to say like when you think about it but the only part of it that i kind of su- slightly disagree with is if you're deciding to shower afterwards like maybe you wait until you get home to shower but if you're going into the shower you should you should allowed to be naked in the shower you know because that's a cleanliness issue like you if you're wearing shorts while you're showering, like you're missing some key parts that get pretty nasty, <laughs> especially when you play uh, a sport where you're wearing all these layers down there.
0: Yeah, um, I can I can understand that.
2: So I, mean, I, I I do think either shower at home, you know, when you get home and fully and properly shower. But if you're going to allow them to shower, you know, the ones that choose to shower there, they should be allowed to get fully naked in the shower. You know, have it have it set up so that it's private. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe invest in some infrastructure mm-hmm. where the, they can be shower stalls. A just a little stall. And yeah, and,
0: yeah, and it doesn't even have to be like this large, like private stall. It just has to be just something for a little bit mm-hmm. of modesty, like a little thing you walk into. I, I'm just thinking of the... The public uh, pool near my house, I've gone to a few times with my kids for a swim. And when you get into the changing room after, it's just this this big room with a whole bunch of shower heads all in one open space. And there's just all these people showering in there, but it would cost them nothing to just have little stalls or whatever, like surrounding them. So you don't have to see people's butts and stuff.
2: Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because you shouldn't be forced to see someone's, someone's butt if you no, don't want to. There's, but no. you should be allowed to shower at the same time. So, mm-hmm. yeah, the stall situation like a like shower stalls I think is a great way to to uh, I mean it, again, it doesn't it doesn't prevent someone from like maybe peeking over it. I don't know. It's it's a tough thing to solve.
0: Yeah. But
2: um I, I, it's a complicated issue and I respect that. So, mm-hmm. um I think they are moving in in a better direction with this.
0: Well, Hockey Canada has been, uh, has had a black eye over the last several years when it comes to harassment, sexual misconduct, uh, racism, mm. bullying, misogyny. Like they, they certainly need to uh, kind of untie and retie their shoes uh, socially and culturally. So maybe this is a step in the right direction.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Let's get to our next story
0: here. Um, you know what? we often find our theme as we go i think the theme as we're going tonight is in a big way is going to be food you open the show by talking about delicious rolls and the turkey soup and all this business we talked about pumpkin pies Now we got to talk about Ugly food, ugly vegetables and fruits specifically. Before we get into the story, though, like if I like to pick out my own produce when I go to the grocery store, I'm one of those weirdos that will like manhandle the apples, finding just the right one. And then I'll go over and look at the yellow beans and I don't just take handfuls and throw them in a bag. I pick like the best of the bunch beans. So, you know, I make a big deal of it. And if I see one that's misshapen, Like it's a bean that's just i don't know it's shape weird it's like short and fat rather than long and slender or it's an apple that just doesn't have the right coloring or right shape no
2: you're you're a bean shamer
0: (laughs) i will put it back in i won't buy it and you know what
2: unreal
0: i have this thing in my head i know this is wrong i'm gonna say this as like this is something that's a part of my brain is telling me it's true but the rest of my brain knows it's false i have this belief deep within me that if the fruit or vegetable is like misshapen and I don't mean rotten I just mean like misshapen that there's something like wrong with it genetically and that when I eat it it could like infect me with its bad genes or something and make me uh, like something wrong with me I know that's stupid right yeah it is really dumb. (laughs) are you prejudicial about weird shaped fruits and vegetables
2: Well, I'll say it this way. There's never been a point in my life where I looked at a misshapen food and said, no way. Okay. Um, You do
0: understand that the price of food is rising to the point of being almost unaffordable to a lot of people, right?
2: Yeah. Well, I go around to people's homes looking for leftover turkey soup. So yeah, you got it rough down there. Well, Mm -hmm. Given the
0: increased cost of food, there is a new discussion in the country surrounding how we use or if we use ugly, misshapen fruits and vegetables. Uh, There's a specific farmer in Surrey, BC who's advocating for the stigma surrounding ugly food to be removed as a way to alleviate the rising and already super high cost of food. Here's the story of ugly food, ugly vegetables
1: turns out there's a lot of odd-shaped produce that comes off farmers' fields.
4: This potato is completely fine to eat. It just looks like a human.
1: (laughs) And it's not just imperfect potatoes that need a little love.
4: I think some squash can get pretty ugly.
1: Tyler Heppel says about 30% of all crops grown never make it to the store, in part because of their appearance.
4: Food banks are being overrun right now with with new clients and not being able to provide for everyone, yet there is this rampant food waste happening. He'd like to see that change. We would like to create a national Ugly Produce Day.
1: The idea is based on something Happel Farms has already been doing annually, setting aside a single day to give away tens of thousands of pounds of imperfect produce that, while flawed in appearance, is still nutritional and now other BC farmers are getting on board for the national event October 14th. BC's agriculture minister likes the idea. Just because
0: something doesn't look pretty, it doesn't mean it's not nutritious. We're always looking
1: at ways to improve uh, food security and this is just yet another way.
3: Yeah, this is pretty ugly.
1: So while some produce might not be attractive or may need imperfections cut out, Apple believes the time is ripe to give ugly food a chance michelle brunoro ctv news surrey
0: so october 4th is what does he call it ugly vegetable day ugly produce day i'm all for that no
2: just ugly food day yeah Yeah, i think it's just simple
0: as that well we do in halifax this thing called burger week where all the restaurants or a lot of restaurants will make like a special burger and just sell it for that week and every year they you know mix it up i could see like grocery stores and markets and stuff getting behind ugly food day and just you know for that day they they will have mm-hmm. the ugliest most disturbing stuff maybe there could be awards given out to like the worst potato or the most um gut-wrenching head of cabbage probably some <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm all for it i think it's i think it's cool and it reminds me of a Bernstein bears book it involved like a pumpkin like a pumpkin carving competition and the dad went to the farmer, like Papa Bear went to the farmer and found all of the squash and pumpkins that he wasn't selling because they were misshapen and deformed and stuff. And he bought those and he ended up winning, I think, the competition because his pumpkins, his jack-o'-lanterns were just so frightening.
3: <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: yeah. So so it's uh so this guy this farmer in BC needs to check himself because he wasn't the first one to think of this.
2: No, but also as mentioned in the chat. The this the the farmer that sells the ugly food is the most handsome farmer that I've ever seen.
0: I thought that was ironic, right? He was a Mm. very handsome man.
2: Yeah. And even his beard was so perfectly shaped, like shaped, you know,
0: Um, Uh, for
2: for anyone who's only listening, if you can Google the news coverage for this story. Yeah.
0: Do yourself a favor.
2: See this tall, beautiful farming man (laughs) with his ugly, ugly vegetables.
0: Uh, I want to step out of this for a second and play a bit of a listener voice memo. Um, I think we started something last week. We heard from several correspondents of the Keep Canada Weird Army from across the world who were weighing in on different topics uh, relevant to our interests. We're hearing from listeners around the world about Tim Hortons. We're getting reports of uh, events connected to the animal uprising. We have another one here. This is Angela from New Zealand who had a very close call with some animals. Listen to this.
3: More in a team. So I'm over here on the other side of the world in New Zealand
0: and I never thought I'd have anything to add to the conversation, but
3: regarding the great animal uprising. I was pegging out my washing this morning, we're in spring now, and all of a sudden I heard all these birds, different birds, different birds, all different types, and I was thinking, are they coming, are they coming? I'm surrounded by
0: by trees and stuff, and then all of a sudden they all started landing on my fence. I thought, this is it, this is it, they're coming to get me. So I flew my arms around, scared them all away, and ran
3: inside. So I'm I'm keeping this side of the, the world safe for now but um just wanted to report in that it's global Mm
2: -hmm. that was pretty close oh yeah (laughs) we all knew it was global it's just uh it seems to have kind of ignited here but we knew that the flames would stretch all across the planet
0: yeah and it seems like new zealand is uh certainly not a safe place to run if you're trying to get away from
2: this though no, there is no escape there's nowhere to run there's nowhere to hide the animals are uprising they are coming for each and every one of us there is no escape
3: mm.
2: uh, lay down submit to the animal overlords and and i would suggest to this new zealander not to scare them away because they have all the power here that's their um, fence l- lay down submit respect mm-hmm. and pray and mm-hmm. hope
0: Hmm. Uh, that was a pretty chilling story, though. A bunch of birds just chirping on a spring day on a fence, looking right at her, probably. hmm. Good grief. I'm, I'm glad you're OK, Angela. Stay safe. Let's get to the next story, though. Uh, we need a, um, a palate cleanser after that terrifying tale. So let's get into some card craft crap. you know what like paper craft is where you like make fancy cards or I don't know what you know you cut and glue the papers together and stuff of course there are people who are way into that you've probably seen stores that are specializing in you know I don't know fancy papers and scissors and glues and maybe pencils um but it was a big day for people in that world this past weekend let, let
2: me ask you what did you do Saturday did you celebrate I was waiting for you to come oh, that's really uh sick. Saturday I spent all day um, kind of preparing myself. Like, oh, I'm going to see Jordan today. I'm going to see Jordan. Didn't come. Uh, I'm going to see Jordan today. And then I went to our friend Scott's house, mm-hmm. uh, as was planned, where you were supposed to be, and and uh, you were not there.
0: Sadly, uh, my tardiness, or my not even showing up at all, cost you World Card Making Day. This past Saturday, I don't know if you knew it, it was World Card Making Day. So, people who make cards, that was their day. It's celebrated across the world on the first Saturday of every October. And this past Saturday in Moncton, oh my goodness, it was a hit. Let me take you there. Here it comes.
4: Propters in New Brunswick gathering today to take part in an international event. World card making day is celebrated every October and the first Saturday of the month. Today in Moncton, nearly 20 craft enthusiasts came out to participate in the local crafting crop. A chance for people to gather, socialize, work on projects together and in this case, get started on those holiday cards.
3: I believe it's to honor the people that
2: are making cards to give away. It's it's special.
0: You know, you get a card. All my Christmas cards, I make about 50 cards, Christmas cards a year that I send out. Okay? They get a card from me that's homemade.
4: Well, World Card Making Day only comes around once a year. LeBoy says she hosts a craft crop once a month bring folks together she adds usually 25 to 30 people come out every time for that
0: have you ever been uh, lucky enough to get a card from miss lavoy
2: no i guess i'm not special enough <laughs> for her to incredible card, cards to get a special card from her i'm not her special friend who gets a special homemade card from her
0: she is quite proud
2: of her cards if you get a card from me it is homemade It is homemade. I want proof of that because she sits there and she stares dead in the eye of the camera lens. And she tells us how special Mm -hmm. and how homemade her cards are. (laughs) But that to me, someone who is so adamant about how homemade and special her cards are has to be hiding something. Mm -hmm. So what I think she's doing and what I want proof of from her, or anyone who knows her, is is I want to see a card and I want it authenticated mm-hmm. that it is in fact homemade and not just bought somewhere and shipped in and she has them taped under the table and then she's just randomly cutting pieces of construction paper and randomly gluing <laughs> things together and then sliding it into the trash and pulling out her perfectly made special homemade card. Mm-hmm. I don't believe it. I want proof. I think she's a liar. I think she's a con person and I think she's everything wrong with, with craft card making day.
0: (laughs) Um, Yeah. There's 20 people lined up to make cards together in a little hall somewhere. She's standing up in the center of it, like orchestrating the whole thing as if she's, you know, God's gift to card making. Uh, Yeah. I think uh, she may be, compensating for something and could you imagine the situation if the other members of that 20 person community found out that her cards that she's been ranting about for years were
2: a fake were a fraud and is she also suggesting that it's somehow beneath her or it's somehow lesser than to go out and pick out a card from a store that's not homemade because that's what i do i don't I don't make my cards my cards aren't homemade i buy them at sobeys i buy oh. them at uh, a hallmark location mm. um, a card store so but i take the time to pick out a card that i feel is suitable and appropriate mm. for the individual and the event that i'm buying it for it doesn't make it any less special and i think this woman. Owes an apology to the entire card buying market of people that 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 work hard for their money and they spend them on beautiful pre made cards. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, it would be nice. Um, like I should say, her cards seem a lot more about her than the recipient. Just based oh, on that monologue, absolutely. Yeah. But it would be really nice if you knew her. It would be it would be a fun game to be condescending about it, referring to like maybe get a card and be like, oh yeah, that's like really nice, but like well do you enjoy making them like i'm just wondering why you don't get like a professional card Mm, and refer to like the in-store ones as professional and be like well i guess just save Mm. a lot of money the way you do it because she's probably like if she does make her own she's probably paying like 15 bucks a card when you really break it down what she pays for scissors and everything i would really enjoy messing with her but uh, i would
2: also love to send her a pre-made card from dollarama yeah yeah or one of the you know when you buy a box of like a hundred cards mm. it would be one of those that worst. has absolutely no message on it just the most <laughs> close-up generic picture of like a christmas ornament and it's just nothing <laughs> and i would send her one of those and that, not even right inside it it would just be the card completely mm-hmm. blank yeah
0: uh, i support your idea though if we could reach someone who's actually received a card from her it would be a whole lot of fun and definitely eye opening to break it down to its individual components to see where she sourced these items from. How homemade is it? Is it homemade as in mm-hmm. she went to Michael's and bought a couple things and glued them together, or is there actual like artistry happening here? I'm I'm completely uh, skeptical about her self declared brilliance in the art of card making
2: yeah she's really turned this episode upside down. i I was pretty calm going into all of these stories, and now, this. Uh, now you, this. you know what though? I, we'll,
0: we'll probably hear from some listeners who disagree with our opinions on the on that lady on the card homemade card situation. Uh, we got a piece of feedback that I guess this is a good time to get into it. I think someone may have disagreed with the way we handled. The story of the bad obituary last week. You remember, maybe it was the week before. Someone wrote an obituary for their dad who they had a dysfunctional relationship with. um, That was, you know, we called it a bad obituary. Uh, I think both of us came to the decision that we just think it'd probably be better off to just not have published an obituary and let the man Mm -hmm. uh, die and be ignored by the people that didn't love him. Uh, Someone uh, sent us a voice memo and I. I don't know. They don't come out and say it, but I have a feeling they disagree with us. Listen to okay. Hi
3: guys. So I'm listening to your most recent episode of keep Canada weird um, about the negative obituary. The daughter posted um, about her father. So listening to your response, I'm curious, like it makes it sound like you feel this about anyone, no matter how bad, bad the person was so do you feel the same way about um criminals or lethal injection or you know if someone you always you hear it all the time where like a pedophile was killed or beaten nearly to death in jail by other inmates and people say like good we don't need them here on this earth anyway so we don't know the story behind her father. We don't know how bad he was, but if no one is writing it, except for a daughter who hates him, I can assume he was a really terrible person. So I'm just curious, um, your thoughts on that. Thanks. Bye.
0: So when I, on first listen, I thought that was kind of like maybe questioning our opinion, like just don't write an obituary, but in second, listen to that voice memo, maybe that's not what they were asking. What what do you get from that piece of voice memo mail, and do you, how do you respond?
2: Well, having heard it for the first time, I don't really know how to answer it. I, I'm not really sure what the question specifically mm-hmm. was. They they must be re- on what we think of. Like, does everyone is there anybody that deserves a bad obituary? Is I, that the that's question?
0: Let's let's answer it as if it is, because um, I'm thinking that's where it's where it's going. Do we feel that way? Uh, Mm-hmm. Um, like sh- I guess what they're saying like should you write a nice obituary highlighting the best parts of you know the pedophile who was killed in prison uh I think what what we both said was like some people just don't get an obituary
2: <laughs> yeah just don't write yeah an obituary. like if yeah that's that we weren't suggesting find a way to everyone deserves yeah everyone deserves a respectful obituary it was just in the circumstance of the story we covered, you know, a week or two ago. It was that, you know, yeah, you had a, a, a bad relationship with your father. He was a nasty guy, all these things. Just just let his death go and 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 don't write a nasty obituary. Because again, I don't uh, know. I, you're you're reacting quite emotionally in the moment, too. Like a few years later, you may regret that obituary.
0: I, I think like some people awful people horrible criminals and all you know that the type of people that she was referencing in that voice memo i think them they when they die maybe they have a loved one who is going to write something that's you know describing the best parts but i think for a lot of people they would probably just assume wash their hands with that person and they don't get an obituary in the newspaper
2: and they just don't get one yeah i think that's the and, and even like we were saying when we covered that story about the bad obituary Write the obituary for your own purposes, but but maybe don't share mm. it on Facebook, you know, or or whatever social media mm. platforms she shared it on, but because then you can just kind of write it for yourself so that you can channel those feelings, put them down on paper,, uh, save that obituary for yourself to pull out every now and then and reflect on. But um, there was a little bit of tone to that. That we Yeah, kind of picked I, up on I definitely did.
0: I, I got Most the impression did. they disagreed with us. Um, but I, the problem is sometimes you'll get a voice memo like that, or, or an email or something that's like reacting um, with what comes across to me as a little bit of an emotion or, or a little bit of emotion or something. But the reacting to something that we said a while ago, and I don't even really remember what we said. So it's kind of, it's kind of hard uh, that mm. will happen.
2: But certainly we're we're always open to people who. Oh, disagree I lie. With us. I'm, I enjoy uh, it. Yeah, yeah, bring it on. You know, that's 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 part of the fun right. of the show is to is to have that. So we certainly don't discredit anyone's Certainly not opinion that differs. And from ours. and I you know? and
0: I won't um, like support myself pointlessly either. I very well could have been wrong.
2: I am all the time. Yeah, and we were just we were just reacting. That's why I don't too, listen, and and we're doing it over a <laughs> podcast. No, you don't listen. No, I listen just to just uh, for fun, But, um, but I will say that if you call to defend the the card crafting mm-hmm. woman, I will those those should mm-hmm. be censored uh, as those voicemails come in, and anyone who defends the card making straight lady, to the recycle bin, right? Uh, yeah, yeah we will not air those we will only air people who agree with us that she's a hoax she's a con and she needs to be publicly humiliated
0: uh last bit of voice memo here um and this one relates to our upcoming halloween special we've we have a few things on the go so one thing we're doing for halloween is a a collaborative effort with yourself Myself and miss Madeline Klein where we're going to unpack a collection of listener contributed stories of encounters with the paranormal with the supernatural ghosts werewolves goblins um, vampires. Frankenstein Uh,
2: mummies mummies
0: Uh, if anyone listening anyone in keep Canada weird nation or abroad uh local or international correspondence had seen anything they think would be relevant and want to share a story it can be lighthearted or it can be dead serious and I'll tell you I've already gotten one story or I've already received one story from a listener that sent shivers down my spine, and I'm so excited to play it for you. But um, we're not there yet. But if anyone out there has a story, get at us through nighttimepodcast.com contact, or you can email me at nighttimepodcast@gmail.com, at gmail.com, and we can arrange a way to do the recording or a short interview or whatnot. Um, but we've also been talking about a Keep Canada Weird specific Halloween special. And we've asked listeners to contribute ideas for what we can do. I got another or I got an idea that was just sent through. I want to get your your opinion on this. This comes mm. from Travis, who is the guy who is fighting to have Scottsburn Scottsburn Dairy in Cape Breton bring back the juice bags. Uh, oh yeah. He, he, right. He has an idea on uh what we may want to consider doing for Halloween. Here it comes.
3: Hey, gentlemen, airport. This is Travis Collier, the juice guy here. Um, I'm trying to get Scott's fern juice to come back. Jugs and juice bags, the, the ghetto juices, we call them. Um, I know you guys were going to talk about it at your live show, but then everything kind of hit the fan, so that didn't happen. But uh, y'all were looking for suggestions for Halloween episode. What about discontinued candy that you no longer see anymore, like like the juice bags or hell beep or I don't know other little little different things that we don't see anymore that we used to get when we go door to door. Oh, Thanks for listening though. Keep Canada weird. There mm. is
0: there has been a lot of like f- um, candies and uh, like treats that would have been quite typical and common to be given out on Halloween when we were kids that you don't really see anymore. So I, I could see there being a segment of our Halloween special maybe where we talk about some disappearing Halloween traditions.
2: Yeah. I love that. I love that idea. I love that. It's Travis, the juice guy. I love that. I'm the juice guy. Um, I'm the juice guy. (laughs) Yeah. Well,
0: everybody's got something Travis.
2: Yeah. And, and of all things to have juices would be a pretty good one. Mm -hmm. It's refreshing. It's delicious. Mm -hmm. Good. If I love juice, if anyone
0: listening has any other ideas on how we should ring in the Halloween uh, festivities here on Keep Canada Weird, we're all ears. Go to nighttimepodcast.com slash contact and let us know. But I, I think our work here is done, Aaron. I think we've found some of the more unusual stories from past the past week. Um, we'll follow developments in attire within locker rooms going forward. I'm going to get a look at the, pumpkins, the pumpkin pies at Costco in Halifax. I'll report back. I'm going mm-hmm, to try to find some please. ugly vegetables to eat them. And I am on the hunt for someone who has a card from that self-declared queen of cards. Forever self-declared. Let's wrap this up. Yeah, let's do it. Aaron, until next time. Jordan, until next time. Um, Consider coming to Halifax and spending Halloween with me. And we'll do a live show while giving out treats.
2: Uh, Jordan, until next time, I don't know if I ever want to do a live show with you ever again after what happened last time. How could I forget? Hmm. Thank you for joining us, everybody.
0: Uh, I apologize for Aaron's internet connection, although it was fun seeing him
2: freeze in such hilarious ways. I am. Travis is the juice guy. I'm Mr. Freeze. I want to thank you for helping Aaron and I fulfill our mission to
0: keep Canada weird but let us call out to you for even greater support if something weird happens in your neck of the woods please let us know we'd love to hear about it and include it in an upcoming episode the best way to join the keep Canada weird correspondent army is by sending a voice memo at nighttimepodcast.com contact we hope to hear from you now before we part here let me give some thanks First, a big thanks to Aaron for sharing another evening with me and with you, the listeners of Nighttime. A big shout out to the internet's favorite cult leader, Unicol, who provides the intro and outro voiceovers for this series. And lastly, but most importantly, a massive thank you goes out to each and every one of you listening to Nighttime, as without your interest and your support, this show would be as pointless as it would be impossible. And now on the topic of support, let me thank the newest subscribers to the premium feed. Anna, Chris, and Daniel. Thank you for your generous support. And for anyone else who'd like to support the show, let me tell you a bit about the premium feed. A subscription only costs a couple dollars a month, and that money funds the creation of the show, but a subscription to the premium feed gives you the episodes two days early, gives them to you ad-free, and gives you access to a full back catalog of episodes. If that sounds like something you're interested in, you can go premium right now at patreon.com nighttimepodcast. And if you don't want to go premium, you can still help the show by simply sharing this episode on social media and letting all your like-minded friends know what we're doing here. If you have any story ideas, want to give feedback on the show, or would like to submit any kind of question or comment to be aired in an upcoming episode, you can do all that and more at nighttimepodcast.com. We hope to hear from you, but until then, take care of each other, hug your loved ones tight, and let us know if you see anything weird.
1: Keep Canada Weird is written, hosted, and produced by the Nighttime Podcast.